here and you're listening to SDT Talk. For those of you just joining in, SDT Talk is a podcast for estheticians and other professionals to learn tips and tricks of the trade, but non-licensed listeners can also find great advice regarding skincare, learn about hormonal imbalances, conditions of the skin, and more. Speaking of, don't miss out on last week's episode with Adrian from the Sassy Speculum. We had a great conversation about gut health and hormones and how they can impact the skin. Next week, I will be interviewing polished skin and discussing how she gets and keeps clients. She has a full schedule, so be sure to tune in next week and hear what her strategy is to get more clientele. Today, I am super excited to be speaking with Maria from Modern Vital Aesthetics, so let's jump in. I'm here with Maria, so tell me about kind of who you are, your education, everything. Just give me like a quick background of who you are. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me first and foremost. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so my name is Maria gusenkov Reebs, and I am BSNRN, um, nurse injector, officially owner of Modern Vital Aesthetics here in Tigard, Oregon. Um, I'm also set to be doctor of nursing practice in 2024. Exciting. Yes, I'm very excited about that. So I'm just kind of taking my terminal degree, meaning I just want to just get it done mm-hmm. <laughs> and never look back. Um, a little bit about my background. I am first generation American. Um, I grew up in a huge Russian family in the Bay Area. And um, yeah, so Russian is my first language. And um, I moved to Oregon and finished my nursing degree here at George Fox University and kind of worked all around the Portland metro area and with multiple specialties and eventually landed in esophageal and gastric disorders. So I have a really strong, um, you know, nutrition, um, gastric kind of type of a background professionally. Um, And then in 2018, I got certified in injectables and I did both like neuro modulator and filler course, but I also did an advanced injection course for platelet-rich plasma techniques, so I can do hair restoration, genital um, injections like the O-Shot and P-Shot, which is trademarked, so Lucas, I don't know if you need to cut that out, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's his job. You look into that, Lucas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and um, also, uh, quite obviously, the, like... Another trademark is the vampire facial, yes. but I don't call it the vampire facial. I call it the modern vital, you know, PRP facial. Yes. So that's what I use platelet-rich plasma for, which I draw in my clinic. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Oh, so I launched Modern Vital Aesthetics in 2021 in January, um, and it is an offshoot of my husband's uh, clinic and company Modern Vital. Okay. Um, he owns Portland Clinic of Natural Health, and he's a naturopathic physician. And so we kind of joined forces. That's awesome. Yeah. So when did you become a registered nurse? In 2016. Okay. And mm-hmm. then why nursing? Because um, my mom told me to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's how it started. Yeah. yeah. Back in junior college, like, um, I started junior college really early. I was 16 when I went full-time, and I was taking classes before then, too. But my mom was like, well, why don't you try it? Because literally, like, half of my, half of the women in our family are, like, nurses okay. from her side. And so I was like, well, let's see. And so I was kind of a natural with all those courses. And so I just stayed on track and... So then what les- led you more to the cosmetic procedures side? Burnout. Yeah. <laughs> That's where Quite, we all go, yeah. I think. <laughs> Quite honestly, yeah. Working with super sick patients um, is exhausting, especially in this, like, collapsing infrastructure of healthcare. Um, and, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, like, I think as of last week, it was like an estimated 100,000 nurses have either quit or have done early retirement. Um, So, yeah, but even before then, I was feeling like I need something a little more positive, a little more creative in my life. And so how can I marry, like, my love and knowledge of medicine with something a little more creative? And I've always loved makeup, so. Yeah, I was like, let's do that. Let's see what this is all about. 
That's amazing. So do you plan to expand in the future once you finish your degree? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to boss. No, I'm not going to (laughs) boss anyone. (laughs) For anyone listening, that was Joe in the background giggling. (laughs) (laughs) She's a boss. She's a boss. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, Joe's helping us with all the tech things today. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, so if you hear little giggles, it's just Joe in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I, I can't wait to, like call the shots so to speak yeah like I I feel like um I'm done taking orders I want to be the one placing the orders mm-hmm. making the diagnosis like treating coming up with the treatment plan like I feel like I'm ready for that next step so that's my next step and with that will come you know other modalities like lasers and advanced machinery to yeah. hopefully that's so exciting. we'll see yeah and so you'll continue to perform injections I'll say that I love them so much that yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> In the foreseeable future, yes. Yeah. yeah. So kind of talking more about skin conditions then. So why holistic versus, West, versus Western? And I'm a little biased because I am married to an award-winning <laughs> naturopath. But um, I think that holistic medicine really addresses the root cause. Um, and the root cause is so vast and has so many variables that um, you really have to look at things holistically. And skin as a vital organ, a major organ, is um, from the holistic perspective, it is one of the last places where disease shows up because it's one of the least prioritized Mm -hmm. organs since it's not heart, it's not lungs, it's not kidneys, you know. So the body just kind of, you know, internally focuses on what needs to be protected first. And so we see manifestation of disease on the skin, you know, last. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find it hard to pull people over to the holistic side? No. Really? No, I don't. Um, I I feel like it comes down to just informed an informed client. And what I'm seeing right now with social media, like we have our, uh, our clients are very informed. They're they're educated and if they're not like you know traditionally educated they're they're educated via other ways like through tiktok and instagram i mean Mm -hmm. yeah well (laughs) yeah sometimes we could talk about this too like there's you know um but i just feel like if you want information you can have information and Mm -hmm. so people are coming and when they're consulting with me i find that generally they are open to seeing more of a holistic perspective, like talking about diet, talking about lifestyle and toxin exposure, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So. so that kind of leads to the next question then. Do you believe medical grade skincare is worth the, pro- the price for clients or do you think they're kind of overpriced and you can get those same results um, with less expensive products? <laughs> I love this question. Um, I feel like I'm always searching for value, you know, mm-hmm. out there. Um, I, I believe that medical-grade skincare, the evidence shows that it is more effective mm-hmm. than standard, um, just like over-the-counter drugstore products because they are better formulated typically. They have a higher percentage of potent ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying this to our listeners. To the listeners. So, yeah. Um, and they tend to have a more balanced form- formulation um, and fresher formulation because it's not sitting out on the shelf for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that folks who transition from like drugstore to um, medical grade sometimes don't like it because there's that difference in potency so there needs to be like education about you know how to use the product but Mm -hmm. generally I think it is worth the value it's worth the it's high value um you just need to like talk to the right people yeah so then do you agree that estheticians should only be able to carry medical grade skincare if they have a derm to sign off I think that variety is the spice of life and we need to have an arsenal that we can pull from so that we give our clients the choice, um, especially when it comes to value. Yes, I do think that we should have access to the medical grade products and we should also be educated by Derm and partner with Derms in order to be able to carry these products. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also feel like we should 
offer a variety to our clients, you know, because not everyone can afford a hundred plus right. dollar creams. And so yeah. for a solo SD who doesn't necessarily have a derm in their office, do you think that they should be able to carry it with a derm who oversees it? Or do you think that gets abused sometimes when derms just kind of go here, 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 here? <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, it's a, gr- there's a gray area for sure. But I mm-hmm. think that if, for example, we have something like a CE for SDs who yeah. wanted to, to be able to offer that, I mm-hmm. think that would be great. Yeah. Um, since I'm not like an esthetician per se, I'm a medical mm-hmm. esthetician. I, I have the knowledge, but I don't know how much you know, you're, you're offered, especially years ago versus now. Yeah. Um, it would definitely be something that either the company itself would need to offer training, um, for the estheticians, maybe they have to upload the derms approval and then they get this training for them Mm -hmm. would be amazing. I definitely would want to take additional courses specifically for that line. If I was going to bring it in, um, in my opinion, because you're right, I got trained a long time ago and we just learned the basic, um, skincare lines at the time which I don't even remember what they were (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but also you are an expert Mm -hmm. you know you you are seeing skin every day and and so I feel like you should also be able to have you know a say in how how you get to treat it because again access to care like not everyone is going to have access to a derm right you know and not everyone's insured no one ever anyone can afford it but like you are partnering with your clients and if you could partner with a dermatologist too. I mean, like how many times have you seen a suspicious mole and you're like, girl, you need to get that checked out. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Or like, you know, your light your lightning armpits yeah. every day and other parts of like the neck and everything. Mm-hmm. And I know you've told me in the past that you're you're like, girl, you probably should get that checked out. There's a lot of darkening here. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons for this, like pre-diabetes, insulin resistance, hormonal fluctuations. Um, and I'm like I can help you, but it's a Band-Aid. You know, I want yeah. you to go and get it checked out and get your hormones checked and get some blood work done. Um, I don't know if any of them have done it yet, but <laughs> also accessibility. It's yep. Right now, I mean, even for me, getting into the doctors months out. And so it is kind of, what's the word, um, like disheartening to want to make an appointment, go get it, something checked, and you have to wait months, and people just aren't always going to do that. So yeah. So what do you think about the peels where the skin comes off kind of like a lizard? Okay. <laughs> I love them. Okay. Really? I do. Yes, I do. I love my peels. Um, I love them. I love them, though, in a controlled environment. Like, yes. I, I don't know if I'd be, I don't know. I feel like they expose a lot of raw Mm-hmm. skin so there has to be a lot of like client education yeah but also management of any adverse event events or effects that mm-hmm. happen so like I don't give my peel to every person and I do treat like you know here in Portland we don't have generally I feel like there's 70 percent mostly Caucasian here so we don't mm-hmm. really see as much dark skin but um you have to be careful with dark skin with peels, of course. But yeah, well, that's kind of my take. I I love those peels. I, f- I find them really effective, mm-hmm. and I do have I use the Zio um, three step peel on my clients, and okay. and that works for dark skin too. So yeah, um, but I'd say probably like seventy five percent or more of my clients are darker Fitzpatrick. I mm-hmm. just specialize in that, and so a lot of them come to me. Mm-hmm. And so finding peels and then recommending more intense peels that I personally can't do is always kind of a struggle. Um, I don't really use like my TCA peels on those darker fits because even that is we got to work our way up there if we even get there because there's right. so many other ingredients I can use until I hit that point of you know, they need to go to someone like you and do that more controlled environment of a more intense peel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, skincare is definitely more, um, it's a made for lighter skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a whole thing. I'm going to yeah. go off. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, it's a thing. But I sent you, didn't I send you that, um, that Dermalogica course on melanin rich skin? Yes. I think I did. That one yeah. was a good one. It didn't really 
tell me much that I that I didn't already personally know, but I've taken other courses. But for someone who's maybe not so familiar, I think it's a really good course. It's a starter and it's free. So yeah, I mean, just do it. It counts yeah. as a continued education too. So yeah. Um, so are there specific skincare conditions that you want to specialize in? Um, yes, I I feel like one of my strengths is like women's health and hormonal the hormonal just arena. Mm -hmm. So I think that eventually I will specialize in that. And I feel like that does go hand in hand with aesthetics. And I know we were going to discuss PCOS. I guess we could just yeah. kind of dive right in. Oh, yeah. So PCOS, I like to call it um, uh, an endocrine metabolic disorder. It's just the word PCOS. This drives me nuts. <sighs> I'm getting on my soapbox. Um, <laughs> It stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome, but the way it's diagnosed, like people need to fit like three criteria in order for it to be diagnosed, but it presents like a metabolic disorder, meaning there's a lot of insulin resistance and, you know, body fat, um, just adiposity changes and patterns. And then you get the hormonal aspect where, yes, there is like dysfunction in like the follicular stimulating hormone which like has effects down the line. But mm -hmm. I guess the bottom line is it, it comes with major risk factors like cardiovascular disease mm -hmm. and metabolic disease. So it's kind of disguised as a metabolic disorder. Um, where are we going with this? <laughs> We're just talking about PCOS. Oh yeah. I get, I get all worked <laughs> up. And then I'm like, You're like, no, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So PCOS, the context in the aesthetic world yeah. is there are so many things that we see that come from PCOS. Like we already mm -hmm. talked about yeah. the darkening of the skin. We mm -hmm. talked about hair, um, hair growth yeah. and hair loss, yeah. which is kind of oxymoronic because we see hair growth in places where we don't want it. And then we see hair loss on the head mm -hmm. because of the excess androgen hormones. And mm -hmm. so, like, how do we manage these issues for mm -hmm. people um, while working, you know, maybe hand in hand with a medical provider? So th I guess... This is all, you asked me what my passion was, right? Yes. So this is my passion is how do I connect these two to provide like excellent medical care to people mm -hmm. and also address these problems that they will, they inevitably have or they come to us that bring them in the door. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is where the holistic yeah. medicine comes into or the holistic perspective is like when you, when someone comes to you and mm -hmm. says, I have all these issues and you're like, oh, let's like refer you to, you know, um, hair electro, I can't pronounce Electrolysis. Electrolysis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So, you know, they get themselves treated, but then six months they come back with more hair growth. Mm -hmm. You're not treating the root cause yeah. or like you're lightening their skin, but mm -hmm. You're not informing them that this will happen again because of X, Y, Z. Right. And you need to get the bottom line. You need to get this treated. Right. So, yeah, I'm really passionate about partnering with mm -hmm. estheticians eventually yeah. to, like, come up with this, like, referral system just for the betterment of Yeah, absolutely. Care. And I'd love to be able to give my clients a specific name and, you know, a person that's like, this person will help you. I can, you know, I kind of take soap notes, which is a little unusual for an esthetician, but I yeah. do that so that I can say, you know, here's all the progress for the last six months, pictures and everything. And I can just send it to you. And it's so easy because then the client doesn't have to start over and they don't have to retell their story or say like, you know, usually it's much darker than this and like almost convince yeah. the doctor, you know, like I yeah. swear my armpits are usually really dark, but it's like, yeah, I've lightened them, but the underlying cause is still there. And since maybe you physically can't see it, it is there. And maybe they don't, like you said, there's certain boxes that providers have to check to like diagnose. And exactly. if I'm covering some of those up, you know, so then I have the pictures and that makes it really nice, but I don't know where I was going with that either. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No. Yeah, no. And that's, I, and that's why I feel like, um, everyone has a role to play and I just want to empower people, you know, I just want to empower people to be able to say that does not look right and then have a resource to go to and refer people to mm -hmm. because, you know, I feel like, you know, 
in the medical world, like we're kind of exclusive and like we're like, yeah, we, we know this, we know best. When we, we really need to be partnering with people in the community yeah. for a wider reach. So I'm really passionate about that. No, I, I agree. I think there's this very, at least with some doctors, it's like, I'm the doctor. So that's that, which obviously the doctor has way more training in specific things than I do. But I see these clients sometimes weekly where the doctor might see them yearly, you know, exactly. and it's like, I have the picture of this freckle changing weekly or monthly. And you could really use that to determine the measurements, you know, measuring it once a year might not give you the answer versus measuring it based off my photos of its gradual, maybe it got bigger and then got smaller again. So you're only seeing it small and then small again. Yeah. Or color changes or mm-hmm. border changes. Yeah, for sure. Right. All the red flags. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> It grinds my gears, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know what grinds my gears? You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> so how important is diet when it comes to PCOS and other, like, metabolic and endocrine disrupting type things? Uh, for PCOS specifically, I would argue it is very important. And that this is from, like, an integrative perspective, which mm-hmm. I am... Um, pursuing I'm pursuing an integrative track for my program and so and again holistic it's like what you know you're managing all these symptoms but like in PCOS you have you know major metabolic dysregulation and if you're eating like high GI foods meaning like they spike your sugar a lot Mm -hmm. that kind of pushes the insulin to an extreme, you have to like have a measured way. So diet is of utmost importance and I could get into that more if, if you want, but like eating, eating higher fiber, eating lower inflammatory foods, eating like whole foods, um, reducing dairy Mm -hmm. too. Again, that's a little controversial, but, um, it's recommended for PCOS. Um, it helps with skin too. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of estheticians are just going that route for acne, period. Just limit your dairy, which I'm not quick to say that because I think, A, we're not dietitians, so we shouldn't be telling a client to limit anything. We should Mm -hmm. just be educating that dairy has been known to cause acne. You may want to talk to your dietitian about limiting it, but you shouldn't just tell a client, and I see this on Instagram, to stop eating or drinking dairy Mm -hmm. because you don't know their health and you don't know how are they going to get those nutrients now that they're no longer eating and drinking these, Mm -hmm. they need to make sure they're getting it in some other way. So Mm -hmm. you're not really doing them a favor when you say cut out dairy. And also you're not licensed to say that. Just throwing (laughs) that out there because I've seen that a lot. It's really talk about grinding my gears. Like (laughs) we are not uh, dietitians. We're not nutritionists unless you are. You cannot tell a client to cut anything out of their diet. Can only educate that it's a possibility that it could infect their skin. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm off my high horse now. <laughs> um, so, kind of switching gears to other things that drive us crazy. At least for me, how do you feel about hyaluronic pins, girl? <laughs> are you trying to work me up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're trying to trigger me because for, for clout, right? <laughs> Because they're all the rage right now. And I even know some estheticians who I, you know, love. But I see they've started using them. And I I want to just shake them of, like, that is the quickest way to get your license pulled. And first of all, our license doesn't even cover that. So they are incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And they are not what they're advertised as far as the results go. Mm-hmm. The amount of dissolving that my colleagues and I have to do because of these pens is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that they're available for, you know, non-medical folks to use is blowing my mind. So maybe for people who don't know, why don't we explain a little bit what the hyaluronic pen is? Yes. Let me give you a definition right now. I know we've probably all seen them on Instagram. It's like this pen that you put up to your lip and it just kind of looks like it shoots air but it's shooting the hyaluronic acid, right? Is that my understanding? Yes. So okay. it, it uses pressure and air to launch the, the filler, the filler yeah, yeah, into into the skin without using a needle. Mm-hmm. So um, 
it, there's just very little control yeah. of when you, you know, some people argue that you're not hitting any blood vessels when you're doing that, but catapulting high pressure hyaluronic acid into your lip, mm-hmm. it just, the results are not great. There's scarring that can mm-hmm. be, you know, later down the line, there's scarring, there's the migration. It's just not a good idea. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of control. I don't think it's a good idea at all. Yeah. And it's not FDA approved, right? So technically... There's a warning out for this pen, actually, yeah, right. by the FDA. I think I looked that up and it was like, do not use this pen right on the FDA website. And I'm like, you guys. Yeah, yeah I, was in, I was in Los Angeles uh, last October and just perusing like local Instagram. I was shooketh <laughs> by the amount of, yeah. of this pen use like down there. It's huge. Yeah. And it's starting to get big in, um, up in like Vancouver, Washington. Yes. I was going to say, I don't see it much in the Portland area, but I do see it in Vancouver, Washington. Vancouver is huge. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they're licensing and I don't want to say it's easier because some people get upset. It's just not as, I think Oregon has some of the strictest licensing requirements for all professions. Yeah. That's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think for Washington, Maybe the training is different and they're not getting the education they need to know what is under their license. That's just a guess because I don't know why it's so big up there, but not, I mean, we're only 30 minutes from the bridge, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I've also seen it called like needleless filler and I'm like, oh yeah, the, the marketing that people try to. Yeah. Cause nobody wants needles in their lips, but the needle is there to control where the filler goes and everyone's lips are different. So you can't yeah. just shoot it it just freaks me out yeah, need, needle or cannula yeah there's and, and there's pros and cons to both mm-hmm. but yeah but the control you have with the needle is like unparalleled yeah so so what do you feel how do you feel about like we see the different types of lips right now that are in like the brat stall lips and the russian was it russian key lips or something i don't know russian which, lips yeah. russian lips yeah so I follow this one girl, and I'm not going to say her information. She does a beautiful job. However, she puts a lot of filling in one sitting, and they are very big when the person leaves. And I wonder, they look great when they leave, but how does that work later with migration? I mean, isn't it starting slow is better? Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a big trend right now. And I won't say I hate the trend. I think Mm -hmm. it looks really pretty on the right face, but putting in it's like it's like stretching out your tissue mm-hmm. at maximum in such a short amount of time does not um set the person up for proper filler integration into the tissue so mm-hmm. if you for example do one syringe on a very thinly lipped person mm-hmm. um and then wait a few weeks and then put in another syringe with also adequate like facial support Mm -hmm. if they need facial support and a lot of thinner lip people do Mm -hmm. then it could possibly work but yeah putting it slamming in three syringes into one person is a recipe for disaster and when you say facial support how do what is that so we we use um we use filler to support the the structure around the face to create balance but also support the tissue mm-hmm. um for a heavier lip so if you're going pretty big you want to make sure you support the periorbital area right here okay. and sometimes that also requires you to lift the cheek a little bit with the filler oh, um, that yeah. makes sense because she said i have two anchors that she put here and i was like i don't know what that means but fill me up <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it has a lot to do with, like, musculature and bone structure, but mm-hmm. also just tissue in- integrity because that, that lip starts to get quite heavy. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't look balanced. Like, if you look at someone's side profile after they get that Russian lip, yeah. especially in real life, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the um, – have you seen on Instagram, like, Kylie Jenner's, mm-hmm. like, filtered versus just someone yeah. taking a picture of her? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, That's why, like, when I – and I've only ever, when I go and get mine touched up, it's once a year and it's like half a syringe. So it's very minimum. And I always look at myself from the side. I don't look, I mean, I look at the front, but I'm always looking at the side. Cause I'm like, that's where we're going to start noticing the like duck kind of fakeness. Yeah. And some people want that. I personally would like to avoid that for myself. And so I'm always taking pictures from the side and I'm like, okay, okay. 
we're good. We're good. No more. Because <laughs> yeah. it keeps you grounded, too, because it is a little addicting. And so I always take pictures from the side, and I'm like, okay. Brings yeah. me back down to earth of, like, you're fine. You yeah. don't need more. Yeah, I think it's really important not to exploit the just psychology behind all of these, like, body modifications like mm-hmm. it's it would be really easy to be like oh girl you need some more yeah or you know oh look at this trend you this will look so good on you yeah. when it really doesn't and so I I feel like I could I could definitely do the Russian lip and I've done the Russian lip on people but mm-hmm. that's not really my personal style yeah I tend to go more natural more like accentuating a feature of mm-hmm. someone's face rather than going for that trend because yes it's a very highly migratable trend. Yeah. So for those who have had the Russian lip, just make sure you watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you need to, like, get it altered or, you know, dissolved, just be aware in the next couple years. And why do you think that some people, I know we're kind of going off the list, but why <laughs> do you think some people are so adverse to dissolving? I noticed that that's like they would rather die than dissolve what they have. I think that's the kind of dysmorphic element Mm -hmm. coming to play. Um, I think people are so afraid of change, especially when if they've loved their newly filled lips so much that they're Mm -hmm. like, this has brought me so much joy and confidence that like, I don't want this to go away. And I can kind of relate because I've, I've kind of struggled with body dysmorphia my whole life. So I'm like, I can relate, but I think it comes to education. It's like, you know, after you dissolve, you can refill in a more flattering way. Right. And look so much better and you'll be happy with it again. And yeah, but there for, especially older people, you do have to like warn them, you know, once we dissolve, especially like sub subdermal filler, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's sagging that wasn't there before Mm -hmm. starts sagging or skin texture looks different. And Mm -hmm. that really, really upsets people. So you just have to make sure you, but you can them. then go and refill it, right? You can, but it's it could get a little complicated. Okay. Yeah. So, but that shouldn't scare people away from filler. It's safe filler that yeah. shouldn't cause those adverse things, right? What I'm talking about in particular is like mm-hmm. um, when you fill around the mouth right here, mm-hmm. these, you know, marionette lines mm-hmm. and just... Around the mouth, sometimes you can use a very small needle to fill in static lines. If you go in and dissolve all that, mm-hmm. um, it could look not so good okay. for quite a bit of time while you work your way up to refilling it again. And sometimes it could look worse than it did when it started because the skin is already older, mm-hmm. there's laxity. There's also some evidence that shows that even though the uh, hyaluronidase enzyme does not break down our own uh, hyaluronic acid it still impacts it okay and so and I, I believe there's like an issue with synthesis for a few months of our mm-hmm. own bodies so we have to work on stimulating that um, collagen elastin and the hyaluronic acid complexes mm-hmm. to kind of fill in that area again so that takes time so just telling people you might need some microneedling too you might need some mm-hmm. you know extra Skin support, okay, is what kind of I meant. <laughs> okay, I got you. Long winded. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess switching gears again. So, do you think the rules in Oregon are strict or too loose, or kind of just right for people who perform injections? In Oregon, I think it's just right. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we are required to have a medical director, but we do have autonomy when it comes to uh, assessment and coming up with treatment plans for people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my injector friends have a fantastic relationship with their medical director. For some of them, the medical director is hands off and is mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you're the specialist here. I'm let me just run it by me if you have any issues. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's just right. Oh, personally. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a story about like an awkward or funny or scary situation with a client? (laughs) Yes, Uh, I I do, (laughs) but I'm kind of, I don't know if I should say it. Just, I don't know. 
Well, for, for all USDs working from home, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. But when you work from home, you have to, like, <laughs> just think about your safety a little bit. I guess that's all I will mm -hmm. say. Um, nothing happened, but disgruntled disgruntled uh, client who put down a down payment and then canceled three times had me fearing for my safety a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> and so that's when I actually made the decision that I want to yeah. have a brick and mortar. So yeah. that's in the works. Yeah. See, <laughs> I'm equally crazy. And so I have a sign in front of my house that says, fuck around and find out. Oh my God. It's a big sign. <laughs> this is why my HOA loves me. Mm. And um, this guy knocked on my door the other day. He was like, I didn't realize, I think he was mentally unwell. Like mm -hmm. story time now. But he was like, my girls opened the door. Usually I'm not home. And I was late, thankfully oh my home God. today. I was in the backyard, so I didn't hear it. They opened the door, which they're not supposed to open the door. But... He was like, are you the owner of the, or do you know who owns the two black Mercedes? Nobody has two black Mercedes in the neighborhood. It's all townhomes, right? And the girls were like, no. And he goes, well, do they live here? No. When did, when did they leave or something? And the girls were like, dude, I don't know. Like they're 10 and 11, right? That and he goes, so scary. he goes, don't be afraid. My name's Derek. And Andrea um, slams the door <gasps> in his face girl. and bolts it and then comes running to me. And I swing the door open. Wait. It takes me, because I was on the phone dealing with just family stuff. It was a bad day. So finally, and they're not supposed to interrupt me when I'm on the phone. So I was like, what do you want? And they were like, there's a weird guy at the door. And then I was like, what the fuck? <gasps> so scary. I know. So I hang up on my dad, actually. And I run outside. And I just lost it on this guy. Because it was like, my it's my girls. You know, like, do not talk to my girls, especially. And I was like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. Sorry, Lucas. You can leave it in. I don't care. My <laughs> listeners know. Um, anyways, and I and the police came, and I think they didn't know oh who the aggressor was. They're like, is it you or him? And I'm like, he's the crazy one, not me. <laughs> so he was still there. He didn't walk away even he after you called the police? walked to, like, the end of the street, but then he was – all the kids were getting off the buses, right? So then he was stopping oh, and talking kids. to other children. And so then my mama bear – because, you know, it's – I live in Sherwood, and, like, for anybody who doesn't know, it's wine country. We left Portland for that reason. Like, nothing happens in Sherwood unless it's, like, a pot-growing thing or a farmer getting a dispute and, like, shooting his gun in the air or, like, someone lost their rooster. Like, that's what happens there. Oh, not the... Not... Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no. No, okay. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Or, like, someone has chickens unauthorized in their backyard. Like, that's the drama in Sherwood. Oh, my and God. so this guy stopping at kids. Like, the kids were like, hey, sir. You know, they're all, like, respectful. And it's not like Portland where you have people like that everywhere and, and you know how to respond. And Yeah. So, anyways, I followed him, like, to the corner where he was talking to these kids. And, yeah, long story. But, yeah, he – the problem has been solved. And he – Andrea goes – she's 11 – and we were walking back to the house, and she goes, Mommy, you know what? And I was like, what? And she goes, he fucked around, and he found out. And I was <gasps> like, don't oh, say the F word, but yes. I love that. I love it. <laughs> wow. She's like, I, Mama's guess, girl, though. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I guess he didn't read the sign. I'm like, I guess not. Like, it was funny. But, yeah. Yeah. That was the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a week when I tell you. Um, oh, same. I'm like, it's been such, it's been a month. It's been a year. Yeah. It's, it's been actually decade. been, like, the last <laughs> three years since COVID. I just feel like it hasn't. It's not gotten better, you know? No. Like, we're still dealing with all the aftermath of COVID and just economy. Right. It's, like, the collective stages of grief, but yeah. all at once. Yeah. And it's not even stages anymore. It's, like, a blob of everything. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Well, those were kind of all the questions I had today. Are there any that you had that we maybe didn't cover and you want to talk about? I know I tried to keep it in order with yours, but I got a little off. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I think I think we were... I think this is, yeah, pretty much everything we wanted yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Well, so you're opening up a place soon, right? I am, yes. Okay. Yes. Why don't you talk about that a little bit and kind of promote yourself. Put Say your Instagram... Talk about your services. Talk about 
Joe joining you, all that, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so <laughs> so this is, um, it's, it's all still in the works, but we are working on getting a place um, downtown Tigard, mm-hmm. right off of Main Street, um, and it's like going to be a newly renovated green strip there, and we are so excited. Um, so, yeah, we're collaborating with my husband, Portland Clinic of Natural Health, um, to open this basically medi spa. And uh, yes, I want Joe to join me <laughs> at that location. And I just want it to be like a, like a really pristine, comfortable, like state of the art type of an experience for yeah. my clients where they come in and they feel amazing. Like oh. that's my goal. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm really passionate about accessible, inclusive, mm-hmm. um, services too so it is a adu accessible and um i can't wait to like put up my little you know rainbow and yeah Yeah. you better do like a big um like a grand opening yeah there's gonna be a big party (laughs) (laughs) and that's such a perfect location too when you say green strip what do you what are they doing right there what is that yeah the city is like pouring millions into this like I guess I met the strip is like the main street area where they're like greenifying it, where they're putting in proper drainage and native plants and species. And also the the type of plants that filter out runoff from the street. Yeah. So, and it's going to be so beautiful. There's going to be a new Ava Rosteria there. Oh, cause it is such a nice, it is a really nice area, but it is old Tigard. It's old downtown Tigard. So for people not familiar with it, like, for a while, you kind of had old buildings, and there's, like, a weird... It's not weird. It's actually pretty in the springtime, but it's, like, a runoff. Kind of looks like a stream, and there's, like, a bridge that goes over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that they've been, like, Curiosities moved in there a few years ago, and they have a corner. And so it's just been really getting updated, and so I'm really excited for even more newer things to go in there. And it doesn't have anything health or beauty, I don't think, around at all. They, they've just started... Um there's some newer businesses there. There's, okay. um, I'm part of the Tiger Chamber of Commerce, so I'm like following this really closely. Yeah. So there's Cervello, and that's okay. a small, um, basically family owned business. Tamara owns it. She does her own formulations for skincare, okay. very natural. Um, and then um, there is, let's see, there's a wine shop that just opened there. I haven't been there yet. I mean, I probably haven't gone since pre-COVID when I took my kids trick-or-treating yeah. down there. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's been the spot. last time. Yeah, and it yeah. was so much fun even then, and probably a lot of those people aren't there anymore, but they still always do trick-or-treating yeah. there. Yeah, there's also the, you mentioned Curiosities. That's mm-hmm. a huge antiques um, yeah. mall, actually, yep. with a ton of vendors in there I love for those place. listening who love antiques I get lost and they have other yeah. stuff I mean it's antiques but they have like um what's her name she has like a crystal shop in there yes. so they have some other like oddities curiosities um yeah but yeah it's mainly antiques yeah but. yeah and they opened Universal Plaza a, a couple of weeks ago too so that's gonna be like a huge plaza for families to gather and eat and play oh, fun. there's like a water what is it called? The Feature. gold splash pad oh. for kids. Yeah, and just a lot. Of t- I feel like Tigard is, we moved here because it is such a wonderful place to have a family and mm-hmm. to have a business. But, like, after joining the Chamber of Commerce, I'm realizing they really prioritize their citizens and your yeah. tax dollar goes very far here. And as a small business owner, that means a lot to yeah. me. So. I'd say Washington County is pretty strict, and they're pretty... I don't like to use the word conservative because that comes across differently nowadays, but they are conservative in the way that they spend their money and they're Mm -hmm. very specific on where the money goes and how it's best for citizens. Obviously, Washington County has its issues like everyone else. I'm on the cusp of Washington County and Yamhill. But yeah, it's it's very different than Marion County for sure. Multnomah County, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Portland. God God bless Multnomah County and all its (laughs) issues. I can't even imagine. No, I I wouldn't want that job. <laughs> Multnomah <laughs> County, for people who aren't listening, is like Portland, Portland, a little bit of Gresham. Yeah, Trout, I don't actually know Portland. It's yeah, Portland. basically, yeah, Portland. The, yeah. the all six sextants of court of Portland. Yeah, and Gresham. Yeah, maybe Scapoose too, but I don't. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but not in, in some <laughs> parts of Beaverton too, or Multnomah County, which is weird. I think. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know. It's weird, but I wouldn't want that job. And yeah, not for me. But yeah. I'm, I'm happy living my yuppie life. I know. <laughs> I'm happy in my wine country with yeah. chickens and windstorms is what we get. That's it. And fires sometimes. Um, and okay. Huh? And roosters. And roosters. That, that was when we first moved in. <laughs> when I first moved in, the sheriffs have their own Facebook page. And I swear they go to war with other pa- Facebook pages of, like, who can be funnier. Oh but anyways, God. they were, like, it was, like, my first week there. And I just added them because the town was still, so it was, like, pre-development. And they were, like, did anyone lose their rooster? We're going to keep them down at the, the sheriff's office for you to pick them up. And I'm, like, what? You're doing what with the root? Like, eat it. I was like, I don't understand the problem here. Like, let it do its thing. Um, oh, my God. So that killed me. Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. That's, yeah, country life is hilarious. I, it's definitely getting more city. But, like, when I first moved in, like, the neighbors had chickens and the rooster and, like, dogs would just, like, dogs are just out in their front yards and they know to stay. And, yeah, it's sweet. Um, okay, so, your Instagram name, though. Oh, yes. Okay. So uh, to find me, you can find me. Um, my business page is Modern Vital Aesthetics on Instagram. Um, and then my personal is M. Gusenkov, G-U-S-E-N-K-O-V. That's my maiden name. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my personal. And I'd love to see you guys. You could shoot me any questions. I love DMs. I love yeah. interacting with people. And you're fluent in, obviously, English and then Russian. And Russian, said, right? yeah. I know a little bit of German. German. Too. And then will you have anyone else there, like Joe, who can also help with Spanish-speaking clients? We haven't really talked about it, but I can imagine that would be invaluable to Yeah. yeah. To I have our a lot of clients. Clients. Yeah, yeah, so and, and my Very husband and I, we've been talking about learning Spanish forever, and Ben's like, we should just bite the bullet and like hire yeah. someone that can come to us on our own time because we're both so busy. Yeah, that we w- we actually need someone to like come and I, yeah. I and I don't like Duolingo. I mean, I've tried it multiple times. I feel like I'm into it for about a week. Yeah. And then I stop. Just like my fitness pal. Like, I'm logging food for three days. And I'm like, And then I get shit. bored because I can't find the right bagel. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's pretty helpful. But, yeah, Duolingo is, it's a good one for, like, if you're going to go on vacation. You just need a quick refresher or something. Yeah. But a lot of my friends who are, who spoke Russian or who speak Russian found that it was really easy to learn Spanish. I'm not sure if that's just the brain is already open. Um, so hopefully it just is easy. But I think we're kind of at the end. Yeah. Any other questions left for you? No, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> thank and, you. Um, yeah, I, I feel so privileged. Oh, my God, we were going to talk about the ST event, too. <gasps> oh, yeah, like, wait, before or how it went? Uh, just how it went. Well, let's talk about it. We have plenty of time. Yeah. Do you have time? I have. How about a couple minutes? Okay, guys. Um, yeah, that was a, such a fun event. I thought it was fun. I thought it went well. It People kind of trickled in. You know, they didn't just all show up at, like, the start. They came and they went. So I'd turn around and there'd be new faces. And so it was really fun. But yeah. you did injections there. So how did it go for you? It went really well. I felt like I was able to linger but also do my thing. Yeah. And everyone knew what a lip flip was. So it's Good. not like I had to do a lot of explaining, explaining. on what it, it was exactly and how it works. But, yeah. yeah, oh, my gosh, the vibes were immaculate, by Good. the way. Good. So thank you for putting that on. Yes. Um, I feel like um, when it comes to networking, not everyone is the biggest fan of networking. Mm-hmm. So the funner you make it. Yeah. And the more alcohol involved, usually. Absolutely. People started warming up towards, like, midway. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah, you have the introvert corner. I know, and I would go over there and be like, come this way. Come talk to these people. Yeah. But we're looking at, because Evelyn is the other host, and um, so we're looking at doing a SD plus winter ball. Oh, my goodness. I think that would be really fun. You're going to have, like, like, ball gowns. I'm talking, like, we're going to SD prom. Like, I think it'll be really... <laughs> Joe is, is so excited. <laughs> like, I'm literally going to have, like, a crown on, like, all out. Like, I will wear a wedding dress at this point. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I still have mine in the closet back there. Well, mine will definitely not story. zip up over these anymore. But... <laughs> they're like do you still fit in your dress and I was like "Mm, technically no I guess not but 
<laughs> no, the event will be really fun. Um, so we're just kind of looking at planning that now, reaching out, obviously, to vendors um, who were at the first event. Make sure it's December 10th is what we're looking at. Obviously, we're a long way out, so we need to kind of figure out everything. But I I think a ball would be really fun. That would be so fun. Who doesn't want to go to a ball? I want like, to go to a ball. I was I was homeschooled. Yeah. And so I never did any dances yeah. or any type of fun things that you could think of that yeah. is the high school experience I didn't do. Yeah. So now I'm repressed and regressed and I need to live I, it. Yeah, I need to live it. Just like yeah. I'm like living through like the third hoe phase just now. <laughs> oh, by the way, thank you so much. Um I'm officially in my tits out era. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to your, yeah, thank yeah. you so much for your encouragement. Of course. <laughs> I, know, I looked back through pictures and realized my corset thing was sliding up. So oh there's like God. under boob and a bunch of pictures. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't even care at this point. Yeah. They'll edit out my nipples. So <laughs> we all have them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. I, it's going to be so much fun. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I mean, we're what? We're only in like May. So probably wait till like end of summer to start really announcing it and pushing it out there but and it'll this will be in portland so maybe pull more of like vancouver and portland girls oh great um, idea just you know to kind of switch off the locations for everybody to be able to participate so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love it and for everyone listening you know even if you're an introvert networking is one of the most important ways to build your brand, build and build your own self up. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so good for you and it's so good for your community too. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have a, like a little niche or something that you love to do, just glamorize that and tell people about that during your networking. And just, that's a great way to stand out too. So highly encourage it. And you'll make connections that you didn't even think of, like partnering with maybe a local massage therapist who you guys can refer clients back and forth Mm -hmm. or maybe you're looking for your next spot your next room and someone has a room that they're renting and you guys vibe really well like there's so many it's so much more than just meeting somebody and being like okay cool bye I met you there's networking there's a whole thing behind it there's a whole science behind it yeah it's it's (laughs) relationship building community building and we all need that especially after the pandemic for sure yeah yep and like for me working in this room all alone. I don't know if you saw my post the other day of like, you met my sister Flo and you, I looked in the mirror. Did you see that one? <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh my God. It's the Finding Nemo one where it's like, hi, have you talked to my sister Flo? And I turned around in the mirror and I was like, hi. And then it was like, don't talk to her. She's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, this is me working alone. Like I need relationships. <laughs> I need relationships because I'm here in this space alone, literally talking to myself or talking to a camera with the lights on. <laughs> I'll send you that one when I'm done, but yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming so much. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And so if anyone wants to follow you again on Instagram, it is, remind me. Modern Vital Aesthetics Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And my personal is M. Gusenkov. Gusenkov. Okay, perfect. So go follow her. Follow along the journey. Um, check out her place when it opens up. What's kind of your like your timeline for that? ETA is possibly July. July. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for a grand opening. That will be super fun. And then of course, keep an eye out for the SD Plus Winter Ball. We're looking at December 10th. Yay. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank Have you. a great day, everyone. <laughs>